Hey, this is Bez Stone. And this is Freya Dietrich. And welcome to the Infinite Relating Podcast. Hello, world. Hello, world. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're back. We're back. We didn't die. We no. didn't die from the vulnerability. No. Oh, that's right. Last week was very vulnerable. Yeah. We've been in the vulnerability. <laughs> We've both been. Yeah. <laughs> We've been Locking in on. it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm still in it. I think you're out yeah. of it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. In a, I'm. In a, I'm cresting the wave. I'm in a sweet. It's been a. It's been a. Yeah. It's been yeah. a rough couple of weeks, and I'm gonna. And yeah. You're, now you're diving in. Yeah, I am. But I feel really good about it. I feel calm. I feel grounded. I feel excited. And yeah, I'm sure I'll share more, at least to some degree. Yeah. Like we always say, it is. It is interesting sharing publicly about like very private information. So um, or just experiences. But yeah, I feel like I'll find the way of how to share what I'm going through in a respectful way. Yeah, it is. It is. I I'm getting less and less of the freak out after mm. the episodes of like, oh god, yeah, I just shared. But I also know that that's how we've gotten here. That's how our relationships have gotten here. Yeah. That's how we've been able to grow is with our really like raw, open sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just the validation of we're 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 all in it. Yeah. We're all healing from wounds, we're all yeah. falling apart, we're all getting triggered and disassociated. Yeah. Maybe not all, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe to different levels. <laughs> we, we are. Yeah. Yeah. And having a great time also. And having a great time. Excavating, celebrating, enjoying. Yeah. Feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean that's it. Like think of like feeling things that I have locked away for decades because it mm. wasn't safe. Yeah. And it's it's destabilizing and painful to have it come up now, but it's also so freeing. Yeah. And um I, I get to I get to know myself more deeply mm. here. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I've really been feeling that too through um yeah, throughout the last couple of days as things in in my you know, primary relationship with Max and then in this new relationship I have um, that's evolving with Shay as things have been like kind of heating up and getting slightly uncomfortable or expanding or however you want to say that, you know, um, that is, has been my sanity, you know, like I've just, my sanity is like, okay, bring, bring my attention back to myself. Um, put everyone else in their right position outside of me, you know, Mm -hmm. with their own selfhood, you know, fully with their own selfhood. And like, I don't need to manage anyone else, you know, I I can't manage anyone else, but I really don't need to either. And even if I could, I wouldn't, it wouldn't work anyway. So there's just no point in doing any of that. Um, And in that way, I'm doing great. You know, I feel like very centered in me and what I want. And, um, this isn't really what we plan on talking about, but <laughs> we'll just go there for a second. Yeah, we'll find I think way. I think there's always like, um, and we, I guess we were talking about this a little bit when we were making our tea. There's always for me this like minor, minor to major amount of fear that happens when I take my attention off of my beloved or someone I care about and bring it back to myself. Because mm-hmm. we have, or at least I have that conditioning that's like, I have to keep my attention focused on them. I have to like monitor them and like make sure it's going the way I want to and keep them engaged yeah make yeah make sure that they're okay and you know to just really be like actually no like I that's not going to help anything for me and like the best way that I can navigate a a tricky situation in a relationship or relationships is to keep on coming back to myself and be like what's my truth and what am I feeling what am I needing um and and that experience was supported by um the topic for today which I really love yes which is not jumping to conclusions. Yeah. Because I think that that's, uh, I think that that's like a, yeah, I think that's an essential tool of infinite relating that maybe we haven't totally touched on. I mean, we we talk about it a lot, but not in such explicit language of like, that's one of the like master moves that we can make as infinite relators if we're in a relationship situation or, you know, tensions are high. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot going on, um, to employ that strategy of just like, actually, wait, am I jumping to a conclusion here? And can I like reel that back in? Yeah. Our storytellers do such a great job protecting us from all, all the scary things that could possibly happen. And and they're, it's, it's constant. Like that story is constant. And so 
to catch yourself, like, we don't, and you say this a lot, like, we don't actually know. I don't know what's going to yeah. happen. I don't, I only know what is here and right in front of me. Right. And, and any future stories I'm going to write about it are all ba- based on my past knowing and past mm-hmm. history. I, I can't even employ what's about to happen because right. I don't have that in my system yet. Totally. So we're so limited in that space. So really when we can get out of that, that storyteller, out of those conclusions, like, we really get to be present for like the vastness, the expansiveness of what can happen yeah. in any moment in any relationship. Yeah. 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 Mm. And this kind of was inspired by an Al-Anon. I don't know if it's also an AA or not, but I know it's an Al-Anon because that's the group, but that's the, my recovery program. Um, we talk about the three A's, which is awareness, acceptance, and action. And I've been really realizing in this wasn't even related to any kind of alcoholic relationship in the last two weeks, because that's not something that's active in my any of my primary relationships right now. But um, all those prints, you know, it's codependency. Like, so it all still applies. And I was really recognizing how I jump from awareness to action, like instantly. Yeah. Like, I'll become aware of something like Max is upset or I... um, I have a desire or a need or, you know, something happens basically that seems bad or tense. And then I immediately jump to action, you know, like I need to fix it. I need to run. I need to hide. I need to fight. I need to stand up for myself. Um, Yeah. It's just like this immediate kind of knee jerk reaction to the situation as opposed to, um, I just skip over the acceptance part. Right. Because you were like, let's get back to safety. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Too reactive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, you know, we talked about, I remember early on in the podcast, I don't remember what episode, but talked about urgency. Mm -hmm. Because we were both recognizing how infinite relating was very opposed to urgency. Right. And that the kind of typical relationship paradigm is like, something's wrong, you got to fix it right away. And anytime we were feeling urgency... And still, that was actually a sign of, like, something's off. Like, I'm, something's off for me. Like, I'm disconnected from myself. I'm running on patterns thinking about, like, you know, the hetero, mono, normative yeah. Disney story that I grew up <laughs> in. Like, like, if I'm feeling urgency, then it's most likely, yeah, now I'm getting, like, it's most likely that I've skipped accepting reality for, for the way it is. And I'm, I'm in a kind of a survival response in reaction to this thing I've just become aware of. Yeah, you're in fix-it mode. You're like, this is not okay. Right. I've already decided (laughs) this is not okay and I have to fix it. And, yeah, I was even feeling like like the pattern of these these older relationships that we've been in is safety isn't, like, what feels like safety in our system is actually quite dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. So even, so like, so our, the reactivity, the like, the, the, the drive to like, fix it and do something is actually trying to get us to a place that maybe isn't where we even want to go anymore oh my god it's so true yeah yeah because safety before like what i knew meant love included lots of drama and lots Mm -hmm. of tension and and maybe even not like actual not safe situations right isn't that funny yeah yeah Yeah, or like lots of staticness like stuckness Mm. like what now feels like yeah codependency or you know, that feeling of that we've had to give up of like, I'm trying to predict the future. I'm trying to cling to, I mean, cling is kind of a judgy word, but I'm trying to hold on to this relationship because I think that's security. And like, right. we're just learning over and over again that like, that's not actually security. Cause like when we try to hold on, we leave the present and we get stuck in, you know, kind of this interlock that doesn't allow us to evolve or the relationship to go where it wants to go and you talk about this all the time like or to allow the goodness that wants to come through Mm. like the thing Mm. that we're trying to cling to is actually worse than what would be possible if we let go right and and allowed the relationship the us between us to do what it wants to do yeah I think that's the big thing I'm like learning that I can't trust past Freya necessarily just because she doesn't have the the tools the awareness the the experience of how how expansive and great connections and relationships can be. Yeah. So she, yeah. So I have to constantly like let go of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm interested in this like jumping to conclusions. I mean, 
I guess that we do that because we're trying to figure the situation out because on the one hand, I as a human at least, and I think lots of humans love the unknown. You know, it's it's fun. Like yeah. that's why we like do drugs and <laughs> watch movies we've never seen before and go on adventures and travel and right. you know, that why like it's you know, we a lot of people like it when their work is um you know, a problem they have to solve or something, you know, because it's like this love of the unknown and actually when when everything is too known, it's like we feel stuck, we feel bored, you know, unfulfilled. Right. Um, but also, you know, we we don't like too much unknown because <laughs> then it's like, yeah, if I don't even know, if I don't even know anything that's going on that's super destabilizing, yeah. you know, if I can't, if there aren't like a few rules in place and a few norms and like some amount of structure, that can be yeah. really threatening. Some like similar like guidepost around. I mean, that's what I've, I know I've been feeling this last week. I was like, yes, I want to expand. Yes, I want to move forward. And it's like, I, I want my feet to feel like they have some ground mm-hmm. to stand on. Right. I want to be able to catch my breath. Yeah, I want a little bit of that grounding. Mm-hmm. So it's that it's the balance of like right. I want a little bit of grounding with openness for the unknown. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I think what I'm realizing in the current my world right now with relationships is that yeah, it's easy to jump to conclusions when uh, my partner and I, for example, hold differing viewpoints on something, and we have currently the. Um, relationship bill of rights that's part of that's in more than two the book more than mm-hmm. two on our fridge right now my housemate was just looking at it this morning and so I was sort of glancing and the one I saw which is interesting is um that stuck out to me is I have the right to hold a differing viewpoint than my partner yeah and that that's to me the one of the hallmarks of a healthy relationship at least for Bez is that we can hold differing viewpoints and just kind of wait and see mm. what happens next as opposed to being like, well, you want this and I want this. And so, you know, I need to try to fix, I need to try to like force you to agree with me or you're going to try to force me to agree with you or like we should just break up because clearly we don't want the same thing. And, right. you know, we're going through that right now um, because like I said last week on the podcast, I've got this new crush, which has been really fun but also somewhat destabilizing for me and Max though it's largely been destabilizing because I'm also going through a separate crisis that is unrelated to relationships in my life so that's been there's been an overall feeling of destabilization yeah, for me absolutely. so so that's like not been supporting it at all but I think it has brought up for review and I know you've been if you're willing to talk about it yeah not to, not to throw you on the but it's bringing up for for me and Max I'll say like questions about polyamory and monogamy and like you know often we go into a relationship and we think we want one style of relating um maybe because that's what we've done in the past or maybe because we've never done it you know and we want to try it whatever and then as the relationship progresses just like everything else in life we change we evolve we question we aren't sure you know we our preferences evolve and um life circumstances impact us you know and so that's definitely been coming up for us is like things that we thought <clears throat> we're certain when we got together, um, like we both identified as polyamorous people who are interested in that style of relating with each other. And now that it's happening or, or kind of starting to happen, <laughs> it makes sense too, that there's a natural questioning of like, is this what we want? You know, is this actually how I want to spend my time? Like how I want to organize my heart? Like, do yeah. I want, do I have the bandwidth for this? Is this, is the payoff worth the emotional investment absolutely know? and I want to acknowledge like I, f- I feel like I really love to look at monogamy and polyamory as a spectrum as opposed to a binary mm-hmm. and you say you said like now it's starting to happen but you've already you've had openness that traditionally True. monogamous couples would not have had definitely yeah this is just another it's like we're moving mm-hmm. down the spectrum a little bit into the possibility of maybe deeper relationship right so yeah but there's you're still and that this is what's been helping me because I've been going through this process of yeah just like I've been I've been poly for years and I've I've been the one telling everybody how wonderful it is and like (laughs) even if you don't want to be poly just like you know do it in your mind and do the exercises it's so free and it is like I am and I just identified 100% I am polyamorous and and now I've been going through this I've I'm going really deep and there's all kinds of wounding coming up and there's this depth and vulnerability and 
And it's been harder to admit to myself than anyone else Mm -hmm. that I'm like, oh my God, right now I want monogamy. Yeah. And part of what's like helping me have a little bit more like grace and compassion for myself is that I don't want old story monogamy the way Mm -hmm. I grew up with it, the way that like it wasn't even discussed. There are assumptions and um, rules, um, but to see it like as a spectrum, I'm like, I haven't got, I haven't like flipped a switch and I was polyamorous and really cool because that's my story. And now I'm monogamous and boring and not, it's so, this is all like the mean part of me. So, but a lot of people think that, so I'm appreciate your voice in it because you're definitely not the only friend of mine where I'm like. From the outside, I'm like, it seems like you want monogamy. And they're like, no, but you're right. I'm like an, a consciousness crusader. And like, you know, poly is the, the more advanced practice, which yeah. is like 100% not true. Which I don't believe. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, monogamy is great for other people. Right. <laughs> but I'm, I'm I'm much more advanced than that or whatever. Like, yeah, I like to, I like to admit to my friends and admit to my podcast that like right now, this is what feels true in my system. Yeah. And like, it's part of this like, and we don't have to jump to conclusions. This does not mean Lee and I are locked into this one way of relating. It doesn't even mean, like, it just means this is the start of a new conversation, mm-hmm. really. And yeah. it was so scary to admit it to myself. It was so scary to admit it to him. And and even when I think you and Lee both were like, okay, well, right now. And I'm like, no. Right. I want to acknowledge maybe it isn't just right now. Yeah. Maybe it's forever, but even though nothing's in forever. But I think I just wanted to like hold how solid it felt. Sure. But really, if we we've we've taken the time to just like I said, start this discussion and and kind of find like okay, where on the spectrum do we feel right now? And as I when I got the freedom to really explore that to say yeah. like yeah, I'm I'm I want to be monogamous <laughs> right now. This feels true, and to have that be. Um, accepted and witnessed by Lee and by you, Bez, and, mm-hmm. and in myself, it it made me, like, I had, like, a tight grip on, no, I'm monogamous, and I mm. want to, I want, I need to accept this truth, and I need to validate it, to now it's, like, I can, I can, I can, it's, I don't have to protect it, right. and so now I can kind of let it soften into, okay, what does that mean, right, and I appreciate even Lee, he's, like, I don't, He's like, monogamy with you isn't like anything I've ever had with anybody mm. else. And he's like, I know I don't have to. He's like, you were always pushing your edges. I'm not going to have to push you. Right. You know, like, so even in my monogamy story, there's going to be growth and expansion. Yeah. That is very different than any past relationships. Yeah. And we've already gone through the kind of the exploration. And we're still, and actually it's turning into a really fun and yummy exploration as, as opposed to like a scary, oh my God, the relationship is changing and mm-hmm. this might be a deal breaker. and One of us is going to have to walk away. But it's been this like fun exploration of like, well, what, how do we want to connect with other people? And, right. and it's actually been, yeah, it's like all difficult. It's like intimacy building. Right. Um, we're it's like creating all kinds of fantasies <clears throat> because uh, we're like, yeah, we still want, we still want shared play with others. Right. That's not, that's, that feels really good and really sexy. And so then we kind of get to like, tease that out in a really fun way yeah. as opposed to looking like, like, Oh my God, now we're not aligned. And right. You're a poly and I'm not, or the other way around. It's like, no, it's like, it's not a, it's not a binary. It's not a switch. It's like, how can we explore the spectrum together? Mm-hmm. How can we nuance all these pieces out? And if we're really, really just allow this like truth to be here. And this is that like awareness acceptance, like right. especially like the self acceptance of, I can allow this truth to be here and we can sit with it. It opens up whole new realms of yes. exploration. Yes. That weren't there when I went from awareness to action problem solver mode. Right. Yeah. And so then I think that's what you're saying. Like you're kind of going through a similar thing. Right. It's like, okay, I can, we can t- take a breath in this and like hold this and let this truth just like unfold. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah without doing anything about it right away. Yeah. You know, and I think that until, at least in my world, like until um, someone, you know, is like, I know what I want and now it's a deal breaker for mm-hmm. me. Like I'm so sure that I want whatever to move to Fiji right or now to in this be moment, polyamorous or, yeah. or to, you know, whatever, like have children, like, you know, and, and it's like a deal breaker for this relationship. If, if we aren't lined up there. Right. Um, cause yeah, it can be really scary for me at least when my partner says something and I'm like, Oh, I want the opposite. I seem to want the opposite of you right now. Right. You know? Um, and that, that, can be like oh shit <laughs> like something has to we have to do something we have to fix this we have to resolve this equation like immediately right and I hear the old story in that the old story of relationships of like let's you know whatever they want to be poly and they want kids or they want to move to Fiji that I'm wasting my time mm-hmm. 
I don't, I can't stay with you any longer because if I do, I'm wasting my time in this, this relationship Mm -hmm. as opposed to actually, these are not actionable items right now. Right. What we have is really sweet and yummy and juicy. And I, I'm a yes to it for whatever reason. Right. Like there's, there's value in this relationship in any moment that we choose to be in it. Totally. Regardless of where it's going. What's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is this beauty that I'm feeling of being able to kind of be like, okay, interesting, you know, <laughs> like adopt that attitude instead of like, oh my God, what does it mean? And yeah, I didn't expect this. And like, you know, what's going to happen? And like, is, is this irreconcilable? Or, you know, just, just all the conclusions. Right. But when I just put the conclusions away, then I, I feel a sense of fascination with the unknown mm. where I'm like, huh, I have no idea how this is going to resolve itself. <laughs> right? Oh, this is so interesting. <laughs> yeah, what a like, twist. How fascinating. From... And I feel like I put myself back at the center, like the primacy of me. That's mm. just like, all right, well, um, you know, we are, yeah, like, like words come out of my partner's <laughs> mouth. Words come out of my mouth. Like sometimes they're meaningful and true. Sometimes they're not like, you know, sometimes we just have to kind of presence that layer. My old, one of my teachers, um, her name's Grace Clayton. She's amazing. She works with conscious leadership group, which my other teacher, Diana Chapman started, um, would talk about it. Like the trays of the old, old time cafeteria that at least I had in my high school or that, you know, if you've ever been to like a hospital (laughs) and like the trays are spring loaded. And so you peel, you take a tray off and then the next one pops up, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's like a stack of trays under there. Yeah. She would often talk about like, you got to take the top tray off and then the next one comes up and you got to take the next tray off. And like, you have to just peel off the trays and sometimes peeling them off means making a declaration for now, you know, that is like, I don't know if I want monogamy or I don't know if I want polyamory or I don't know if I can handle you having another partner or whatever it is, you know? Um, and that that's just, like, seeing it as just, like, a tray that needs to be said, needs to be accepted, like, not as forever, yeah. but as a truth of the moment. And then the next tray can pop up, and then we'll see what that one is, you know? And I really prefer living and relating that way as opposed to just taking the tray and running, you know, <laughs> and being like, well, you said this one time. Right, so now this you is know? the truth forever. So, like, yeah, I guess And then the other whatever. person, I feel like they have to, like, cling to that. Like, that was my thought, is, like, if I was, if... My fear was, like, in telling you and telling Lee and telling even James, like, telling everybody that, hey, I'm monogamous. And if you guys, if I felt your resistance, Mm. then I, because I felt resistance, so then my notion is to, like, cling to it. Yeah. And so, yeah, if your partner's, like, you're trying to run with the tray and they're trying to cling on to it. And, like, either way, like, you're never getting an opportunity to just let it be and let the next thing come up. Yeah. Yeah, it's really... And I can feel like I, I like have watched and felt your shift in the last mm. couple of days with this mm-hmm. and just like the, the kind of like the, oh shit, like allowing that to be. Yeah. And then just like the softening into, and like, to like almost like the deliciousness of the mm-hmm. mystery. Yeah. Like, Ooh, I totally feel that. Yeah. this can be well, like, what, what's here? This I is so know. unexpected. It you know? is. <laughs> Exciting. And it doesn't, so it doesn't have to be suffering with it, right. with the, with the unknown and the mystery. It can be actually yeah. really, yeah. really exciting. Right. Because, because there is no conclusion yet. You know, there's none. Right. Like there's absolutely no conclusion at this moment. And, and it, Part of me is like, is there ever a conclusion? Like, I don't know. Right. Maybe. Like I said, when it gets to deal breaker stage, when it gets to like, hey, this is so important to me that I'm ready to like make some real decisions about this. Um, But, you know, in this like kind of journeying, excavating, tray peeling (laughs) stage, it's just like, yeah, like there's um, it on the one hand, it's, it's meaningful, of course, because anything my partner or I or anyone I care about shares is like their heart's truth Mm -hmm. in that moment or their fear or whatever it is. And like, that's obviously very meaningful. But on the other hand, it's like, it's not that it's, it's also not that big of a deal, you know? And I think there's times in relationships that I can think of in my past way long ago relationships I had. Cause for me, like, you know, I've been obsessed with sex since I was like a child. (laughs) Like I've always been like very deeply fascinated by it Um, and relationships and intimacy. And like, that's just always been something that I've really been hunting down. Like Mm. I want to get this, this feels, this sexual energy is really vital to who I am. And yeah, I want to understand it. I want to explore it. I want to expand it, all that stuff. So, you know, polyamory, monogamy has been an issue that I've been exploring since 
yeah, like very early in my life. Yeah. Um, so this was a relationship I had when I was in my 20s, and it was a monogamous relationship. And, you know, my kids were young, and there was, you know, it was a different stage of life. But I was really still very interested in polyamory. I actually, yeah, I think I already told the story of going to this party as a slut because it was like the thing I had right, X'd out. Yeah. And then came home to my partner at the time and was like, I'm a slut. <laughs> like, I'm a fucking slut. And like, yeah. I need to like live this. <laughs> and, you know, that was really difficult for him. And it did precipitate kind of the end of our relationship, which took several years. But um, I remember at the time just being like, I just want to be able to talk about this. Yes. Like, I just want to be able to talk about this as being possible, not okay. even with you, but just in general, you know, I want, I want to know that it's an option. Yeah. And that even if, if he were to say like, okay, babe, like, I don't want that, but like, I honor that you are considering it. And like, let's talk about it. Like what, 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 do, what would you receive out of that that you don't get now? Like, you know, what's that's, stuff like that. Can you imagine if that's how those conversations went when yeah. we were younger? Yeah. No, like, it'd be so different. And I could imagine even at that point being like, okay, I don't need to do it, you know? But, right. But without it being an option even is just very, th- there's the tray can't, you know what I mean? The tr- next tray can't come up. And I feel yeah. that happens with sex all the time too. Cause as everyone knows, or if you've listened before, I used to be a sex educator. Maybe I still am. Maybe I will I be think you still, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're my sex educator. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. in sex, if it's like sometimes notoriously, this can be very gendered, um, but it doesn't have to be, but someone will say, I don't know if I feel like having sex tonight. And if their partner is like, cool, then they're like, <laughs> they jump on that. You know, the right, person that right. might not want it is suddenly super turned on because there's spaciousness around, you don't have to, yeah. you know, you totally don't have to. Like, there's no pressure to have sex. And then once the pressure is off, the desire comes out. Yeah. And so I think I can feel that too with these sort of things in relationship where we want different things together or in the moment, it seems that way um, to kind of be like, okay, let's, ex- let's explore this as opposed yes. to like fight about it or be really positioned or yeah, resist. Yeah, yeah resist. be like, you aren't yeah. allowed to think that. Cause if you think that, and you feel that, that might be the end of our relationship. Yeah. And my primary goal is to prevent the end of our relationship. Absolutely. Which is how it used to be, but just, like, isn't the case anymore. No, no. And I'll say that's, like, I mean, part of, like, why I feel like I've been, I was fucked up for a couple of weeks, and I'm really not right now. And a big part of that was letting go of preserving the relationship. And, like, yes. I actually, like, walked through. I was like, oh, I think this means we're not aligned on this. I think if that if that's true then this relationship has to transition into something else. And mm-hmm. and I had to, like, allow myself to, like, grieve the loss yeah. and accept the loss. And then it, it – it, and so I wasn't, like, holding on to anything anymore. And it, now that – I'm so much more connected to what's here. Yeah. I'm so much more connected to what's present and to myself and my own experience. So it's like – yeah, it's like in order to have what I want, I have to constantly be letting go of it. Yeah. Which I know you keep telling me about, <laughs> and I've had such resistance. And it's so scary, but once I did it, like once I, I walked through it, I'm like, oh, yeah. The sweet spot is really on the other side, but yeah. it's so vulnerable, yeah. And it's so counter to everything we've been doing yeah. our entire lives, or totally. I've everything I've been doing. But it's, it's like the best way to really honor every, like to honor my partner, to honor myself, mm-hmm. to honor honor like the gift of what is right in yeah. this moment, and. And again, that reminder of past Freya, her ideas of what are good and like what's great and what's exciting yeah. are so small yeah. compared to what's I actually possible that. and I'm not, yeah. I'm not holding on. Yeah, it makes me think hearing you talk about that, that like maybe a suggestion we could add to the infinite relating toolkit is pre-grieving the end Ooh. of the relationship. Like yes. for real, like of course when the relationship transitions or changes or someone passes away or, you know, I mean, cause these are realities, you know, the reality is the relationship will end at some point. Yeah. Um, and at least most likely, unless you both die at the same time, in the same way, one of you will be around to grieve it and to kind of like get some of, so of course when that happens, there'll be grief cause it's in the moment, but to get some of that done with now, you know? <laughs> And just, like, pre-grieve the fact that this won't last, you know, and that there is no guarantee. And I feel like with me and Max, that's been because of our age split, which I've talked about before. He's 16 years younger than me. My kids are almost, one of my kids is an adult and the other's almost, you know, finished in middle of high school. 
and he wants his own kids, and that's right. clearly not going to be with me. I think I grieved that like two months into our relationship or something. Yeah, you know? you've been it was very early. connected to this. Yeah, like in a really sweet accepting. Yeah, because I've been like, unless he changes his mind and doesn't decides he doesn't want kids or. Right some tragedy happens and he passes before he can have kids. You know what I mean? There's right. certain circumstances in which maybe this wouldn't happen, but the high, high likelihood, even the likelihood if everything goes well, right. is that he will have children with someone else and that that will really deeply impact our relationship. Not necessarily for the worse, but that that's just real. It'll change, yeah, absolutely. And it felt powerful to grieve that, and sometimes I still do, you know, and we'll have a moment of just, like, sitting together and being like, this is wild, because we're, like, so in love, and it feels so good right now, and we're so committed to each other, and like I said before, I'd happily spend the rest of my life with him, connected to him in some way, right. um, maybe hopefully a very deep way, but also I, I, I don't, I'm not attached to that, but I would, I'd do it, I'd be great if that <laughs> happened, if, like, the cookie crumbled that way, Yeah. but, um, but yeah, there is kind of this strange, like, psychedelicness of, like, and we're at really different places in life, and totally. we have different desires that might take us apart, but that doesn't have anything to do with right now. You know, it's not current right now. It's not happening yet. That's it's so. Yeah, we talked about this. I know early in the podcast, where like often people get together or we go on a couple of dates, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I want kids. You don't. So we're incompatible. We might as well not even date." Because even you don't though, want to waste your time, right? Because you don't <laughs> want to waste your time, and then we're just jumping to these conclusions, you know. And how often then richness and sexual pleasure and emotional growth yeah, is right? is like bypassed because it's like, well. I can't find anyone that's working for me that has the exact same preferences as me. Yeah. And so, yeah, to instead expand to be like, huh, like, I don't know what form the us is going to take, you know, the us between us. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. And it will keep changing and it will keep evolving and it will be, it will pulse in and out, you know, and left and right and whatever. Like, it's just. It is so, it's so, I mean, this is, that's why we're doing what we're doing because, because we know all the old models didn't work. Mm -hmm. They were leaving us especially. And and I think so many people that we talked to frustrated and suffering and sad and and they weren't working. Yeah. And so we just really had to let go of all of it. Yeah. And I feel we do this, especially primarily with romantic relationships. Like I think being a mom has been such great practice that in every moment of delicious sweetness of loving this being Mm. i'm also letting them go because they're growing and changing they'll never be this version of themselves right and so it is it's it's those relationships where the the love is is intimately tied to the grief Mm -hmm. and so i think that's been really good practice but we even do it with our friendships like think of how like you have best friends who you're like i can't imagine not spending every day with you and then someday it just changes and you're like and we we let it we're lighter with it right and there's like a sweetness to that lightness and there's like a sweetness to like oh that was so special once and now it's different and so just like it's just learning to extend these these habits these patterns to our beloved Mm -hmm. as well yeah it just brings the sweetness back yeah yeah, and the appreciation and the magic of like, yeah. wow, we happen to be lined up right now. Like that's fucking rad. Right? <laughs> you know, like that's, that's amazing. So like what? Like how is it possible that this is epic? You yeah. know, it's so epic for as long as it lasts. It's amazing. You know, yeah. and it's really miraculous even to me. Um, but yeah, there, like I was saying, there is that little hitch of something, fear, sadness, emotion inside. Like when I do reel it back in, and I'm like, okay, I am. I am the center of my mm-hmm. life, you know, mm-hmm. I am, um, you know, on my own two feet, and, like, at the end of every day, like, no matter who I'm in bed with, it's, <laughs> like, it's me, you know, it is me and my relationship with myself, and, yeah, that's been really empowering to do being this deep in with Max, and, like, so devoted and in love, and, yeah, with history, just more and more history and more and more desire for future history, you know. <laughs> I love future um, history. Yeah, it's it's been really powerful in the last, you know, really the last 24 hours for me to just, like, shift back and be like, me, me, you yeah. know. And um, you and Max, I feel like, are really good at that, both of you. Yeah. You are, like, yeah. really good at recalibrating any time, yeah. like, one of you starts to tip over. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we do allow that for each other. And I've, he's really helped me understand like get comfortable with that with being like okay I need to take some me time to work on like the me leg of the stool right the stool. 
And, um, yeah. And that that's not going to be the end of us. You know, like that was my fear in the past is like, if I take my attention off, like we were saying, yeah. And I become irrelevant, then, you know, they're going to drift away, whatever. And to instead, like I'm starting to, I am learning with him that like, actually, no, I mean, that could happen. It could. yeah. Yeah. And, but so far it hasn't. Yeah, and I feel like that, I mean, that's one of the essential pieces I've been noticing. Lee's really great at taking his alone time, too. And it and it's feeling, it, it did feel threatening in the beginning. Yeah. Like, I was like, yes, of course, take care of yourself. And there was that, like, anxious part <laughs> totally. of me that's like, but I'm just going to be, like, right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that part is softening and softening because I'm like, oh, it's it's so good for both of us. It's so good for all of us. It's so good for the us. And it and it keeps us back in that, excuse me, that presence. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's like we 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 need those. Yeah. We need that spaciousness because like, without that, that's where those anxious avoided patterns come up. That's you know like. But if there's yeah. that spaciousness, it's like it's regrounding, recalibrating, regrounding, recalibrating. Right, right, and really dropping the control. <laughs> um, and I'm feeling that a lot in my relationship with Shay right now, because it is a newer relationship, and there's a lot of unknown. I mean, there's always unknowns, but you know, I think at the beginning there's more unknowns because yeah. you're getting to know each other and kind of seeing what's here, like, what is the us, like, what's, what's going on? Yeah. You know? And so there is a, like I said, there's a trust I've built with Max and inside myself with him where I feel like I trust, yeah, I just trust the, the flow of us where, like, mm. I'm like, wow, I need to go inward and, like, really release control of him, release control of the outcome, not try to manage, because whenever I do that, I just, it gets worse right. and it, it brings me somewhere that's false. You know, it's like we've all, or at least I've done that so often until this relationship. It was like, I'm going to like cling and maintain and manage and control. And then I would just drive the relationship to a relationship I didn't even want to be in anymore because it was just really stinky and not alive anymore, you know. But I can feel that in this new connection where it's, it is more vulnerable to be like, okay, like what's required right now is for me to attend to the me leg of the stool in both my relationships right now, you know, and that's, that's been really cool to feel too. Um, So with Shay, it's a little bit like, okay, I don't know how they're going to take this or how, what the pulse is like between us or yeah, with a new person, it's just like, we'll see, you know, we'll see like with Max, like anytime I took space or he took space, we kept on wanting to reunite and like, we'll see what happens, you know, with me and Shay, I don't know. Because I don't ever know. And I, I feel like that's something, too, I've been hearing <clears throat> people talk about who are, you know, kind of in this world and we're practicing infinite relating, is we're getting better at saying, like, this is this is who I am, this is my truth, this is what I'm available for, this is what I need, you know, in, in the way I relate as an infinite relater. And there is a risk, like, if we don't know how other people are going to respond to that, how these right. new people that we're excited about, because mm-hmm. it is different. Yeah. And it could feel it could feel less committed or involved or available like, than they're, maybe they're used to. Mm-hmm. But really it's, um, yeah, I just, it, I think when people can come to it in a way that isn't reactive, like it does give a lot of spaciousness, for right? What, but like, Ooh, what feels really good. But yeah, yeah I feel like I've, I've, I've hear this risk of like, what happens when I tell people this is how I relate, right. you know, and, and totally. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of myself first. And, my God, for some reason, I don't know why, as you were speaking, I started picturing this like little worksheet that we could make or like a little PDF mm-hmm. and it would have responses to things that weren't jumping to conclusions. And the ones I was thinking was like, huh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, Thanks for telling me. Like fascinating. You know, just have like a little sheet that you oh can pull up and be God. like, huh. So Instead of like jumping to like what totally. the fuck, oh like my God. this is over. This out? Is, yeah. Like, wait, you can't think that. You're not allowed to think that because yes. you thinking that is directly opposite of what we said we were gonna do or it's... what I want. And so now there's a big problem. Yeah. But instead, it's just, huh? <laughs> Interesting. I really love that. <laughs> Really, I love that too. It's such a good energy to be. In. I, I mean, that's, make it's, bumper stickers. It's been it's been really fun to watch you actually do that. Yeah. Last couple, you're just like, huh? <laughs> like, huh? I'm just gonna like let the shit storm swirl in my head for a little bit, and, yeah. and when it settles, it's probably not as scary as mm-hmm. yeah, as yeah, that action, yeah, right, that action reactivity wants it to be, right? Because in the acceptance, I feel like is actually where there's a lot of safety. Ironically, you know, and this has been this is still like winking in and out of my brain. I would say this concept because it's really core for me because of yeah, my past history with addiction and, you know, all these things, there is that survival mode that's like, 
I'm aware that something is a threat to me or to my family and I have to change it, you know? And sometimes, I mean, you got to do that. Right. But yeah, I think this acceptance piece of really, um, again, not accepting the result because you don't know the result. I don't know the result. Not not accepting the conclusion because the conclusion hasn't happened yet. But accepting that I feel a certain way, my partner feels a certain way, I said something, they said something, um, a situation is occurring between us, let's just say, for example, and yeah, like just really how, how accepting that feels actually much safer yeah. than, than jumping to the conclusion. Um, and I think it's really helpful to be like, acceptance does not mean accepting the conclusion that hasn't happened yet. Right. Because <laughs> you know? that right. hasn't happened yet. Or accepting doesn't even mean approving. Right. Which I think At can all. be, yeah, it could yeah. just be like, oh, this is just true. Right. I might hate it. Right. But this is what's true. Right. And then if if I give it space, I might even get to understand, like, what do I hate about it? Like, what right. part of me is responding? What part of me is reacting? Mm-hmm. It might be a much smaller part than I realize. It might right. be a bigger part. I right. don't know. But right. but if we don't give this pause, the spaciousness, right. I think is it, um, is it Byron Katie who does the, the work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and then I, I remember doing that. And this, this is, it's like the actual practice of, like, of that spaciousness of, right. like, this shouldn't happen. Is that true? Right. Totally. Like, can we just be with what is here? And when, when, when we do that, right. Um, yeah, it just gives us so, it gives us so much more, um, power. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love her so much. Her work is amazing. If, If you all out there haven't ever contacted it, she has like awesome YouTube videos PDFs you can download yeah. and do the worksheets. Um, yeah, and do the her work. book, Loving What Is. She narrates it. If you listen to like the audible version, it's really powerful mm. to hear her like talk about it herself. But yeah, <clears throat> one of the things I love about her, yeah, so she had, without belaboring it, or like, because we can't teach about it, nor am I certified to do that. Right. But yeah, she has these four questions that she asks, and you kind of turn your thoughts around in your own head to see like, why is the opposite of what I think? Could that also be just as true? Right. Know? But one of the th- the things I love about her work is just what you were saying, where it's like, this shouldn't be happening. Is it true? Can you be absolutely sure it's true? No, you can't ever right. be sure it's true that it shouldn't be happening. Cause, and then eventually coming to the end result, for me often, which at least is like, this should be happening because it is. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, it's already happened. So, of course, it should happen because it did. Because that's, you know? yeah, that's, that's what's here. Isn't, right. Like to, to try to fight reality is just always a losing battle. Like every time. <sighs> Like every, every, every Ooh. single time. And so, yeah, I can really, I can really feel that. And I think I want to speak to um, one thing really quick, if it's okay with you, that's a slight topic shift. Do it. <laughs> because it did come up in this, now that I'm actually navigating two relationships, which is exciting. Because, you know, we talked about, we're the Infinite Relating Podcast. And yeah, like I've had hook, lots of hookups with people since being with Max, but never like this kind of energy with someone else right. but I'm like oh this is like feels like a potential relationship intimacy lovership partnership whatever um is Shay was talking to me about like because they listen to the podcast like the stool yeah. like, our stool floating through space <laughs> it's in the us between us episode whatever number that one is <laughs> and yeah it's this concept of like you me and us is like the three legs of this stool of infinite relating and that you know, each one needs to be robust and attended to. Yeah. And often we'll have a preference where we'll either focus too much on the us and neglect the neglect the me yeah. leg of the stool, or I'll focus too much on the you leg, which isn't which I can't actually do anything about and that's up to you. You know, and not focus on us and me or whatever. People have different or I'll focus only on me and ignore you and us. You right. Know? So right. everyone can have a like their own relation to that. But Shay was talking about, like, where do I fit into this stool? You know, like, where does it, where do I fit in to the stool of, like, me and Max, for example? Like, am I this, like, short little leg oh. that's, like, hanging <laughs> off? A little like, nub. Totally. <laughs> and it really helped me be like, no, like, not at all. Like, I actually have two separate stools going right now. Was, yeah. Which is, which is the whole thing. And, like, the me... <laughs> I'm just picturing these stools I now, know. like, rotating around each other in space. <laughs> the me shows up for each one and the me leg of my relationship with Shay, for example, is like me is influenced by my relationship with Max. Like that's yeah. just true. I'm influenced by my kids, my job, my friends, everything, right. you know, my health, like whatever. Like there's lots of factors that impact the me leg. 
but it really felt good to like separate those two stools in my mind and be like, no, like any decision that I make with Shay or with Max is coming from me. Right. It may be influenced by the other relationships I have or my kids or my health or <laughs> my dog or whatever. Right. But like, it's not, um, yeah, like those, those are not connected. You right. Know? They're, they're connected because I'm in both of them, but that's really it. Right. And I think that this is something that I'm really starting to feel in my body in polyamory, which they talk with lots of poly teachers talk about, but I love the book more than two. So I'll talk about it ad nauseum, but they talk about how the hinge person, which is the person connected to each relationship, which is me in the situation. Like that's like, I'm the one who, um, interacts with them, you know, like if they choose to relate with each other, that's fine, but that's totally not required. No, it's not required. And it's not even, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really starting to feel how, it can get really confusing for me at least like when that starts to blend, you know, Mm. unless you're like intentionally in a triad where everybody wants to have intimacy with each other. And there are, then that's a different stool. Right. You know, maybe that is a six legged stool or something. I don't really know. (laughs) Intense geometry. I'm not sure, but that's definitely not what I'm, what I'm doing right now. Right. So really getting to feel how, you know, yes, like I am influenced by my other relationships and, but it's, but it's always, any action I take with any of my beloveds or friends or what, kids or whatever is always my choice. Yeah. You know, it's not like being dictated to me from my primary partnership, for example. And then I'm like, okay, you know, right. I better do this. So then I'm, you know, it's not like that at all. It's like, I'm taking in information from every, all these resources and sources in my life and kind of synthesizing like what's true for me, what feels right. Like, I do deeply consider Max in all of my affairs because that's an agreement we have and that's how I feel about him. Um, But that's totally different than like him having authority in my relationship with Shay, which he doesn't have, you know, at all. Like he has no authority there. And the only, the only connection is through me, you know? Right. So that's been really empowering to start to really pull that apart and realize like how much, um, Let's see, control is the wrong word because we use that word very negatively, usually on the podcast. It's like, like the healthy sovereignty. control. Yeah. Yeah, sovereignty. Of like, yeah, exactly. That's the word. I feel like another one we've used. Yeah, it's really that that sovereignty of of yes, we we want to consider, we absolutely want to consider and love and care for our beloveds. And and the best way to do that really is to stay in our sovereignty. Yes. Totally. Right. Consider each other. Yeah. Integrate, you know, everyone's experience. Take it, take it in, you know, like a, that's like a CEO, you know, I run a company outside of this. That's totally unrelated to, (laughs) and I'm the CFO, not the CEO, but I understand that, what that's like. And, um, yeah, that's the most beautiful, elegant, like way that a business can be run for me or a community where there's leadership structure is just that the leader, whoever they are, take you take in all the feedback, you take in mm-hmm. the information, you like really heart with with an open heart and open mind, like hear what people are yeah. saying, what my employees are wanting, what's working for them and what's not. But at the end of the day, like it's up to me to decide as the leader of the community or of the business. Yeah. You know, like and that distinction between like open heartedly receiving information from others yet still having the authority to make the final call yeah. to me is like safety yeah. as opposed to feeling like everyone has, you know, a right to decide for me. Like, right. no, like that's actually only I have the right to decide for me. But I, but I also think that step of like taking in lots of feedback is essential. Is this, yeah, absolutely. You know? Cause yeah. And the, the piece that helps me when I'm, cause there's, I can feel like resistance in my system of like, Oh, if I'm sovereign and I'm not, <clears throat> then I'm not honoring these other people. But to be on the other side of that, I want my beloved to connect with me from their own sovereignty, from their yes, not from obligation, not from caretaking. Like, yeah. So, so acknowledging that it can be scary, it can feel a little bit, it can feel really vulnerable mm. to be like, oh, you're not committed to taking care of me. You're committed right. to taking care of yourself. Yes. And that that's different from from the old story. But but to feel that that subtle energy shift of like when you're meeting me in your sovereignty, in your yes as opposed to caretaking obligation. It feels so, it feels good. It feels safer. Right. It feels truer. Yes. I can trust it. Yes. Like all of these things, acknowledging it does, and it feels good. And so if I can remember how good it feels on the other side, it helps me kind of come back into like, yeah, I get to do this too. And it's the best thing for me and everybody I'm relating to. Huh. 
for a new word. Huh. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> no, I absolutely love what you just said, though. I love like, yeah, the truer, the safer, the... Yeah. Yeah, that how how juicy that is and how it, there is, like we said it many times on this episode, like that shift from the control plan and the thinking I'm responsible for everyone else. There is just that bridge of fear that has to get walked over, yeah. you know, it, to the other side. And like, I think it's wonderful that we keep having to walk that bridge, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> and that we are honest about that here on the podcast and with each other that like, you know, I'm nine months in with Max and you're however Seven. Long. I started to count oh, now. Started counting. Okay, like, cool. This was Seven. scary. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah. And that it's, it's, pro- I'm, I'm anticipating and almost hoping, I don't know, um, that that keeps happening forever. You know, that yeah. it's like, we keep on having to walk that bridge of fear. That's like between codependency and sovereignty. That's between control and letting go, you know, yeah. and like, fantasy and reality like all of these things like jumping to conclusions and being present with what is like there's just a little bridge of fear that has to get walked over and sometimes that bridge feels really fucking really treacherous and and there's a big hole in the middle (laughs) and you're like I can't do this because like there isn't a way you know and yeah and I've definitely been feeling that in this other crisis in my life that's unrelated to relationship like yeah really having to walk that bridge is very can be very very hard yeah but sometimes it's not sometimes it is just a little bridge and like that's what happened to me this morning when I was like okay I can't control this situation I'm just gonna like I felt it in my chest it was like whoop you know this little like whoop and then I was there and I was like back on the other side yeah yeah that I think that's the hope is that hopefully the bridges get a little shorter and less dark and scary sometimes they won't yeah (laughs) totally thank you yeah I love this feels so good I know thank you for helping us <laughs> by listening to our process I know it's so real all yeah. of you out there like yeah. it's really meaningful I get texts still from people that are like I listen to every episode and hear my thoughts about the latest yes. one and I ran into someone in the parking lot of a health food store who was like I just binged the yeah. whole last few I haven't caught up with and someone else at the sauce which is a monthly event sexy event I run in town um Super fun, sexy dance oh, party. Yeah, it's so good. It's my favorite yeah. thing in the world. The next one's December 30th. This person I never met sat me down and was like, you've changed my life because yeah. of your podcast and the way that you're doing relationships. And if you ever think, if you ever have any doubt that you shouldn't do another episode, remember this moment. Yes. And so I was like, oh. So and, and really, like, this is, this is the, we, this is the community we want to live in. This yeah. is the world we want to be building. Because we know, we, we know we're meant to connect and, and we want to do it in ways that feel really good. And so, yeah. yeah, it feels so great to hear how we're all like showing up in vulnerability and doing yeah. it. Yay. Thank you. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Hang out with us more at infinite relating dot love and stay infinite.